Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Jenna Ellis, and welcome to Just the Truth Podcast, sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find them at thomasmoresociety.org. Joe Biden will be addressing Congress for the first time since taking office, and Americans will not hear a unifying America First message because Biden's first 100 days have been marked by divisive policies, weak leadership, and broken promises. We've seen the Biden administration do exactly what the Trump campaign predicted they would, reverse Trump-era policies on life issues, the border, and immediately disbanding the 1776 commission to usher in leftist lies like critical race theory. Biden has taken credit for Operation Warp Speed after claiming during the campaign that President Trump had not done enough to help America slow the spread of COVID-19. As the Arizona audit continues, and every reasonable American knows that at least six states completely disregarded and broke the rules during the administration of the 2020 election, Biden and big tech continue to censor and try to silence anyone speaking up about election integrity. Will Joe Biden address election integrity tonight? We'll see. Democrats are fighting for a right to cheat instead of fighting for the actual right of every American to participate in a safe, secure, free, and fair election process. In the first 100 days, Biden and his handlers have shown that their foreign policy is China first instead of America first. He's openly calling for court packing, which he once called a boneheaded idea, and is going to speak tonight about continuing to push a radical leftist agenda. So we're going to break it down tonight in a preview and discuss the truth about Biden's first 100 days from the perspective of the next generation and America's largest voting bloc. So joining me for this hour in studio is Ryan Fournier, co-chairman of Turning Point Action, and joining from Liberty University is Christian Lasfell, administrator of Liberty University's Standing for Freedom Center. So gentlemen, thanks so much for joining me tonight for this preview. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Jenna. Absolutely. So uh, Ryan, let's go to you first. Uh, So off the top, I mean, we have seen that Joe Biden's first 100 days have been an absolute disaster. Uh, What is your take in terms of the priorities that he should set tonight? Are we going to hear a unifying message? I, you know, I doubt it. Uh, I don't know how long the guys can even be able to, you know, be up there without making a gaffe or not knowing how to read the teleprompter. It really is a sad state of affairs uh, in America when you have a president that you just don't have confidence in. You just don't think uh, is able to do the right thing for the American people. We've already seen that. We saw how he benefited uh, when he was in the Senate, when he was vice president. I think we're going to see the exact same thing, not only these next four years, but in this speech as well. They're prioritizing far leftist ideas and ideologies that just don't work. We need to work on the border. We need to work on our on health care. Uh, we need to work on foreign policy because China thinks we're no longer a world power. Uh, thanks to the Biden administration. So these are just a few things. Uh, We're going to get heated into this because, I mean, it's going to be a very uh, laughable hour if I even give him that uh, because, you know, we all know he doesn't know what he's doing. 
Yeah, we know that he, he just has uh, the handlers that are telling him what to do. I'm wondering, was this pre-recorded or is this going to actually be live? I mean, we'll see. So, uh, Christian, you know, you're there at Liberty University and uh, the Standing for Freedom Center represents family, faith and freedom issues. And, uh, you know, why is this so important from a student perspective and moving into the next generation uh, for us to stay involved in politics, in policies and make sure that we give Biden an accurate uh an accurate rating and grade of his first 100 days. I think one of the biggest problems is that so many of average Americans don't actually listen to or pay attention to the details of what's going on. So the younger generation are getting their information from the tech, big tech companies who are censoring what is popping up in your news feeds. So you're not actually getting an accurate idea of what this administration is trying to push through. And that affects directly us now, but also our children and our grandchildren in our future. If we aren't well-educated and well-informed on the dangerous ideas that are being pushed by the far left, then we're going to be unable to stop their implementation and unable to stop the consequences that would otherwise come from them. So it is vitally, vitally important that Americans listen to what this, these, uh, this administration is saying, pay attention to the details and the consequences of the ideas that they are trying to ram through, um, and prepare ourselves adequately to vote these people out and stop them in their tracks before they destroy this country and destroy the minds of our young people, which they have already been extremely successful at doing thus far. And we see that on our college campuses um, across the country. Yeah, other than at Liberty, which I'm so grateful, and you know, in a couple of other Christian colleges, I'm so grateful that there are Christian universities that are standing in the gap and are saying, we are willing to stand up for truth and, truth and teach the biblical perspective in all subject matter and all areas. And uh, Ryan, Christian mentioned something about, you know, paying attention to what they're saying. And I've seen even on social media today from, you know, across uh, the spectrum of, of generations that a lot of people are saying, you know what, I'm not even going to bother tonight. I'm just going to tune out. But I think that's actually the wrong idea. I think Christian has it right that we need to pay attention to what Biden is saying so that we can address and answer some of the things uh, and the wrong things and ideas and policies that his administration has. Yeah, and, and I also like how you, you guys brought up uh, college campuses because to me they used to be bastions of debate and discussions. Now they're epicenters uh, of oppression uh, and, and telling someone what to believe. Um, this is simply what we're living in right now. Because if you look at it, the Green New Deal, if you look at these far leftist uh, pieces of legislation that they're working to pass, the problem with them is that these are bad crockpot ideas that you used to hear on the college campus years ago. Now they're being walked around, written into law in the halls of Congress. That is the issue that we are dealing with right now in the United States of America, uh, in this country. Is, is the fact that you have ideas that if you were young, Jenna, I mean, remember when we were kids and you in class, they might tell you in a civics class, write a bill, write something that if you were a member of Congress, and if you would be able to implement it, right? AOC sat down with a crayon, wrote out the Green New Deal in grade school, and then said one day, you know what, this is good. I'm going to propose that. So this is, this is what we're dealing with, really. It's college campus ideas that have now become literal. Yeah, and that's why it's so important to not only teach our young people uh, the truth and accurate philosophy that's based in truth, but then also encourage young people to run for office so that we can get good ideas back in Congress and make sure that the next generation is accurately represented and also the philosophy that's undergirded with truth. So we're going to talk more about this when we come right back here on Just the Truth. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs. A gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. 
Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective, unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. Welcome back to Just the Truth, and we're giving you a preview of Joe Biden's uh, address to Congress. It's not a State of the Union, but it's his first time addressing Congress, and also a grade of his first 100 days from the perspective of Gen Z. So joining me is Ryan Fournier, who is the co-chairman of Turning Point Action, and Christian Lasfall, who is the administrator of the Liberty University Standing for Freedom Center. So, uh, Ryan, one of the great things that broke today is that uh, President Trump is bringing back the MAGA rallies. You were the co-chairman of the Students for Trump. And uh, we had we had so much fun working together during the campaign. And uh, I think a lot more people are interested in that piece of news than they are even interested in tuning in to hear what Joe Biden has to say. Yeah, I, the ratings tonight are going to be worse than the Oscars. Uh, it, it's, it's, you know, when you look at the Trump <laughs> the rallies... The fashion probably will be just as bad, too. <laughs> yeah. When, when you look at the Trump rallies, I mean, you're going to like a concert. You know, I mean, this is an entertaining experience where he knows how to rile up this crowd. He knows what they care about. He doesn't say all of these ambiguous things like, you know, talking about, you know, the undervaluing of what happens in China with their dollar. He's making the topics very simple for people to understand him, and they love that about him. He really is an entertainer, and he's also very good at politics. Uh, and so the rallies, if they're coming back, I think that's hinting. Uh, for all of us looking forward to 2022, his involvement there, and then 2024, I think this guy's going to run for office again. And I'm glad that he isn't just stepping behind the curtain and just watching things play out. We all know what happened in November. We all saw what's going on across this country right now. People are mad. They're upset. They want President Trump back in office. And I, I think we're going to see that, hopefully. Yeah, I hope so too. And I'm, I like you, Ryan. I think uh, that this is a wonderful thing that he hasn't just gone into the background, but uh, with making the statements from 45 office, with being really engaged in endorsements, uh, now with the rallies hopefully coming back, uh, this is really a push to say that America First policies and those ideas and the leadership of America First isn't going away. And, they work. Uh, yeah, they they, they do. Work. And and Christian, um, you know, one of the things that was at the forefront of uh, this. Standing for Freedom Center, and one of the things that's at the forefront of the Christian worldview and to make sure uh, in policy that we loved that President Trump uh, did was all of the pro-life policies. I mean, he was the first president to go and speak at the uh, the March for Life, and to see Joe Biden in the first uh, couple of days in office rescind those policies, um, what's kind of the perspective at Liberty and at the, the Freedom Center with moving forward with a pro-life agenda? Well, at Liberty and at the Freedom Center, we knew this was coming. Uh, none of the things that Joe Biden has done have been a surprise to us. Many of us were warning that these things were coming. Uh, we know that he was marketed by the media who are doing his bidding as a moderate candidate. But we knew, one, that he'd be the puppet candidate, really being driven by the radical left behind the scenes. We know that Kamala Harris is essentially guiding the presidency right now. So none of this surprised us. We expected it. Um, but it's still heartbreaking to see it happening. Like you said, very early on, he revoked a Trump-era ban uh, on using aborted fetal cell tissues in research. Um, he quickly undid that. Just recently, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops came out and said that they are 
opposed to this decision and that that is wrong for him to have done. Uh, and uh, Press Secretary Saki said, well, we respectfully disagree with the bishop. So, so much for being a devout Catholic. We know that as Catholics, we cannot support uh, the ab abortion in any way whatsoever. So to see Joe Biden follow through with this and then brand himself as a Christian and as a Catholic more specifically, um, it, it is heartbreaking to see. Um, we have a heart and we have a duty as believers to care for the most vulnerable among us, which starts with those in the womb, the unborn. Um, and we see the Biden administration along with the rest of the Democrats, there are maybe two left in all of the Congress that are pro-life, if that. Um, and we don't have any support for the unborn from them. On the contrary, they're looking to expand abortion. They're looking to fund it with your tax dollars. To the viewers watching right now, they're looking to expand all of that, using your hard-earned money to fund abortions for other individuals. It's the height of immorality that we would be using, uh, first of all, terminating the unborn in the first place, exterminating their lives before they ever have a chance to live it. Um, and then even after we've exterminated them, now using those aborted fetal cell tissues and even body parts, we've seen Planned Parenthood engaged in selling them behind the scenes, which James O'Keefe from Project Veritas has exposed a number of times. So overall, very heartbreaking. And again, back to what I said in the previous segment is, this only stops when Americans get involved. A lot of people aren't aware that this drastic level of anti-life policy is coming from the Biden administration. The reality is that it's even worse than most people imagine. It is the largest extermination of human beings in world history, really. We are over, I forget how many millions of babies. It, it makes the Holocaust pale in comparison. Um, and we it's have to stop it. Death. We have to, Exactly. And we have to fight against it with everything that we have. Some of the uh, people who voted for Biden thought that his immigration policy is where they had their pro-life avenue. I'm pro-life because he's going to care more about the immigrants. And I know we're going to touch on it later, but even that's gone out the window because mm -hmm. the situation at the border is even more inhumane than it ever was under President Trump. And nothing seems to be being done about it because they would have to take the cameras with them if Kamala were to visit. And then the reality of what is going on down there, they wouldn't be able to deny it. They'd have yeah. to do what President Trump was doing. Yeah. Exactly. To fix the problem. Exactly. And this is, this is why people are saying, let's return to those policies, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, Christian, you were just saying, uh, too, about how the evangelicals uh, for Biden and some of these groups that were supposedly uh, supporting Biden are now seeing and, and have come out with statements after he reversed these uh, these pro-life policies, just how disastrous it has been. I think that they feel uh, hoodwinked a little bit. They feel like uh, their support was in vain. And yet, Ryan, uh, we called this. I mean, this is something that was so obvious uh, to everyone who was a conservative, who was supporting pro-life policies, the students for Trump, uh, the evangelicals, the Catholics for Trump, all of these, uh, these organizations who all understood that Biden is not going to be pro-life. Do you think that he's going to touch on that issue at all tonight, or is he just going to brush that under the rug? You know, for me, I, I don't know because he's unpredictable in many ways, and it's not a good unpredictable because he doesn't even know it. And I mean, when you look at just where we've come in the last four years, the policies, the, the, the improvement with foreign policy, we're talking a strong and secure border, an economy that we have never seen in our entire lifetime, uh, more jobs than people were to fill them. Um, and now you have a president who's been called out by members of the Catholic Church, of course not the Pope, um, who has been 100% anti-life, and we've seen it. The executive orders, I mean, we're talking uh, the bills in Congress now that they're looking to push, HB5 being one of them, um, and that's not even the cusp of it. I mean, we're changing 
normalcy under this presidency. That is what he wants to change. Look at the Equality Act, which is everything but just and equal. It is the exact opposite, wanting to put uh, transgender men uh, who wanted to become a female now saying that they can play on women's sports, that they compete, uh, can, can, can compete against females, can go in women's locker rooms, can compete for scholarships. This is total opposite of what we are as a country. It's opposite of what makes us great. It's opposite of what makes it, us good. It makes us a laughing stock, and it's not fair to women. It is not the pro-feminist uh, movement that I want to see behind supporting this kind of stuff because this is exactly opposite of it. The bottom line here is that people get what they voted for. They get what they voted for, and they're going to see in these next two and four years, uh, you know, if they're still willing to, to make that sacrifice and vote for this guy again in this administration, because I, I highly doubt uh, many people are going to be looking back on this and saying, I want to vote for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris again. Yeah, and I hope that his support, I mean, we've seen uh, there was a, a study that came out just yesterday that was saying that his uh, support was the lowest among the first hundred days of, um, of I think, any president. And, um, you know, and certainly uh, lower than what uh, the Biden administration, you would think, would have if he truly uh, gained the With support of over 80 million. With all those votes he's got, right? Million, 80 million right? votes and the guy's polling. Most popular yeah. president. Yeah, yeah. Most we <laughs> all know that's a total sham. And, um, and before, and I definitely want to ask you both about election integrity and whether uh, he'll address that. But before we move off of this topic, um, Ryan said something, Christian, that uh, that I think is really important for Americans to recognize when Biden uses this rhetoric and the Democrats of let's reinvent things like uh, government and policing and you know different things, we are seeing a complete change of how uh, government is run with the Biden administration. And it really started, you know, well before Biden with um, Obama and some of those uh, era policies. But that also gets into court packing. I mean, when Biden, when he refused to address that during the campaign, we all knew that he was going to come out in support of it. And so do you think that he's going to address that issue tonight and use that key word of let's transform and uh, let's reinvent the judicial branch? Absolutely. The left are masters, to their credit, of language manipulation. They change the definition of terms and the meaning of words to fit whatever narrative it is that they're pushing. And they do it so diligently, they never relent from selling you that false definition that you repeat the lie enough times and it becomes the truth. Where you actually have people convinced right now that court packing means filling vacancies. And there is a fundamental difference between filling a vacancy and expanding how many seats are on, on the Supreme Court indefinitely until the majority of the justices bend in your favor. They do this with abortion. They call it reproductive health care. There's nothing reproductive about terminating the lives of unborn human beings. So yes, I think he will address it tonight. I think he will sell it as something that the Republicans have already done. Look how they forced two nominations through close to the election when that was perfectly within our, our right to do as Republicans. There is nothing wrong with what we did, nor did we change the structure of the court, add seats, remove seats. We didn't do any of that. We simply filled vacancies. But he will continue to press on the narrative tonight, redefining terms the same way they've done redefining what men and women mean, the same way they've redefined any issue that they have. What Reimagining policing has quickly turned into defunding it and doing away with the police altogether. They constantly do it. They're good at it. And we have to call that out and explain to the American people who, like I said earlier, may be deceived by the manipulation of these terms, what they actually mean and the damaging consequences that come from them. They are masters of language manipulation and we have to uh, reclaim the truth to use yeah. uh, 
the title of the show. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And speak just the truth and, uh, and exactly. not be afraid to stand up and say, no, there is a difference biologically between men and women. And yes, there is a difference between adding seats to the court versus uh, going through the constitutional process of nomination through the president and advice and consent of the Senate. I mean, all of these things are definitional in nature. And I think you uh, hit the nail on the head, uh, Christian, when you're saying that the left is manipulating these terms, they're selling us a false narrative, a false view of reality, and we have to call them on it and we have to continue to boldly speak truth. And I think everyone should tune in at 9 p.m. Eastern tonight to listen to Joe Biden, to be prepared to rebut him and to say, I heard him say this, that's not what it means, and push back. So we're gonna be right back with more here on Just the Truth. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Continuing the conversation about Joe Biden's first 100 days. We should say his handler's first 100 days, the deep state that is, uh, we're not really sure who's controlling the White House. We know that it is not Joe Biden, uh, but we're going to rate him and his administration and those who are in control of uh, America's republic right now. And uh, what Joe Biden may say tonight. So uh, joining me on the panel for this hour is Christian Losfell from the Standing for Freedom Center at Liberty University and Ryan Fournier, who is the co-chairman of Turning Point Action. And uh, gentlemen, you know, so we've, we, when we're talking about um, how we even approach this conversation and standing for the truth and making sure that we are bold advocates to call out Joe Biden's lies, to stand firm against the leftist policy agenda. We also have to talk about big tech. And so, uh, Ryan, do you think that that's going to be something that Biden will even at all address tonight and the concerns that a large portion of America has on big tech censorship? You know, Jenna, he doesn't care about it because this doesn't affect them. When you go and you see the bands that, you know, people like uh, our great friend down there in um, Georgia, Marjorie Taylor Greene, you know, she's been accidentally suspended like four times. They accidentally suspended students for Trump's account after January 6th. Why is the accidents always happening to conservatives? Why do I never hear people um, who are Democrat, like uh, what's that guy's name, Sean? Uh, I can't remember him, Race Mater. Oh, remember Sean King. Sean King. Sean King. Why don't you yeah. ever see Sean King? getting banned. Yeah. You know, or Kamala what, when she was a senator. Yeah. I mean, the, some of the stuff that these guys say, the video of Maxine Waters inciting violence um, at the George Floyd protests in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and that went viral, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, why aren't these people suspended from these platforms for inciting violence, uh, for, for uh, saying terroristic comments, attacking people? It just doesn't happen. So their excuses to me and to everyone else that they've said that, oh, it was a mistake, I didn't mean to do it, we're sorry. They're liars. They're full of it. Because we as conservatives have been dealing with this last four years. They don't like our ideas. They don't like our opinions. And they want to silence those ideas. And I'm sorry, we're in 2021. The public square, the public forum has become social media. It has become Twitter. It's become Facebook. When you have as much power as these companies do 
to where they can go out there and they can say that the news is going to talk about this at this time, you know, I mean, because they're able to do it. They can get stuff trending. They can show what links they want to show. They can silence your website. They can take your voice away by banning you. And that's what these companies are doing. And when you have this much power, I think that it is reasonable. Now, I'm a conservative, and everybody here on this panel knows me. Um, I am okay with some certain regulations here uh, because it's gotten out of control. In the beginning, I said, let's wait, let's see what happens. Now we've gotten to a point where they banned the president of the United States of America, took away his voice online. Now he's sending out the emails, and I actually like that better. He just goes up right into MailChimp probably and types them up, sends it right out, tweet. Uh, but that, this is what we're dealing with, and we have to take this seriously. And I think conservatives not only need to fight for election integrity, but we also need to fight against Big Brother because we're living literally in 1984 by George Orwell. If you haven't read the book, read it because we're living here right now. Big Brother is watching. Yeah, and Christian, um, you know, uh, Ryan makes a very valid point that these types of uh, so-called accidents seem to only happen to conservatives, and they're uh, these big tech companies like you know Twitter and Facebook, they're not even abiding by their user terms of agreement. I mean, when we all sign on, we're all covered under the same expectation that we're not going to have viewpoint censorship, that they're not going to be the arbiters of truth, that uh, we see that that's not actually happening here. And so do you think that Joe Biden is going to address this? Or like Ryan said, he probably doesn't even care. He's not going to address it because it it isn't affecting them. It's not affecting them at all. But what Ryan hit on, which is a very important point, is that they, the big tech companies, have a complete monopoly on the flow of information. We saw when Parler tried to come out and have their own app, they were shut down from the app store. They're back now, thankfully. But then even Amazon cut them from the servers. So it's not even like we can compete on the same playing field because another big tech comp company operating in the same vain as all of the others and as the Democrats are all moving in unison to shut down smaller or more conservative platforms. So it's in, it's in the reality that they dominate almost the entire pathway that you have to have these conversations, to create the conversation, share your news stories. And then even when you share them, they have the ability to say, well, this story is not going to be seen. When the Hunter Biden stories broke, Twitter made sure that that New York Post article was next to impossible to read on their platform. A overwhelming number of young people get their news directly from Snapchat or Twitter, either when they're looking at the stories or Twitter's newsfeed or the people that they follow. And you literally had this very important story, which a number of Americans in a survey conducted, I believe, by Rasmussen after the election, said that that would have played into how they voted had they known about it. But if they were scrolling through Twitter or looking through their Facebook page, they wouldn't have been able to either see the article. And if they did, when you clicked it, you weren't allowed to read it. So it's totally different than another company and talking about uh, competition between the companies. There's no room for it. They shut you down when you create the app. They kick you off the app store. If you try and operate from your website, they kick you off your website. There's no room to compete. So for conservatives, it really comes down to the fact that we have to fight back against this. When it comes to their uh, Section 230 protections, I believe it is, the difference between publisher and a platform, these companies are protected by it because they've said we're not going to, as you said, Jenna, we're not going to filter through which views we approve and which views we don't. Because if you were doing that, you'd be a publisher like a New York Times or a Washington Post. And then you'd be responsible for what is said on your, on your page. If they're protected as platforms, that means that everybody can say what they want to say. And if you do have a set of rules, they have to be enforced equally. And they're mm -hmm. not. The top example that comes to mind is Steven Crowder. I watch a lot of his content. He has been suspended from Twitter a number of times. 
I think three or four times in the last month, and every time when Twitter puts reason for suspension, it's a colon and then blank. They're not even giving a reason for why they suspended him anymore. It's just a tweet that they didn't like, an idea that they don't agree with, that's drawing a lot of attention, that people want to read, want to run to and learn more about, and it goes against their narrative and the agenda of the left, who they are working in concurrence with, so they shut it down. Mm -hmm. And Brian, you've had some experience with this as well. I mean, even like I have, like I, I tweeted just yesterday when the CDC changed their uh, mask guidelines and I said, okay, well, so this is just for vaccinated people. What about the over 85 million people worldwide? It's probably even more than that, the non-symptomatic uh, people who have had COVID and so who have natural antibodies, which is what the vaccine is supposed to do is to uh, cause your body without having to encounter the virus to generate uh, the antibodies. So that should put people who have recovered Covered and have antibodies and the vaccine uh, on equal footing. And yet that particular message was flagged as, oh, fact checking, missing context, false information. We're not allowed to even exchange ideas in the public square anymore. Yeah, you're, you're, it's actually funny because I was just fact checked myself. Uh, I made a tweet about the Ohio shooting. and I said, if somebody's attempting to stab me, uh, yeah, I'd hope you'd shoot them too. Uh, and I made, and I put this out on Facebook and they said I was inciting violence. I uh, got banned for 24 hours. Wow. Yeah, never been banned on Facebook before. But, you know, it was a first for everything, so I'm honored. But this is, this is kind of where we're at, though. I mean, they control what you, you can and can't say. If they don't agree with a link, just like you said, Christian, they censored that link before there was any facts because that was a news outlet reporting on facts that they had got themselves. It was directly through them. The New York Post sourced the information. They had the informant, person who got on the laptop. And then the fact checkers come out and said, no, this is false. How do you know if it's false or not? How do you know? Because half the time that I get fact checked for things, uh, it's based on opinion. It's based on, I got fact checked by USA Today. I forgot another one. USA Today, I said, Derek Chauvin did not get a fair trial. I don't believe Derek Chauvin got a fair trial. They fact checked me for that. And they said missing context. And then someone wrote an article on that fact check. It was making fun of them because they just fact checked an opinion. But the thing is, is that these fact check networks are the biggest scams. Uh, the people that work for them are typically interns from college. Uh, they're going all across the web looking just for something to get a story out on to impress their bosses, to look good, get a good recommendation out of it. But the reality is, is that they are in the silencing ideas in the process. They're taking away someone's voice uh, because they don't agree with it. And when you look down at a lot of these fact checks, you look down at a lot of the censorship you see, it's objectively biased. You hear me? Objectively biased. It is more left-leaning, the people who are doing the fact checks. It is not conservatives doing these fact checks. Uh, it's a problem. Yeah. Uh, all of this stuff is a problem. I know I said fact check a lot, but you know it's been happening so much. Uh, to so many of my friends, I'm sure you as well, Jenna, Christian, mm -hmm. have had posts removed. Uh, you've been called out, banned from the platforms in general. I mean, after mm -hmm. January 6th happened, I think I lost like 400,000 followers because yeah, they banned. Yeah, I lost 150,000. They banned that many crazy. people. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, and the the first instance of me getting uh, deplatformed from Facebook for 24 hours was because I shared a not the B article that was actually a reporting. And you know, you talk about the difference between fact and opinion. This was an actual report by actual journalists, not Babylon B, which is satire, which is hilarious. I love it, but not the B. Their their reporting outlet, where it was simply reporting about this uh, woman who wrote 
this black woman who wrote a book on prayer that literally said, God, please help me to hate white people. I shared that article simply reporting on her book. Facebook said that uh, that was discriminatory hate speech and banned me for 24 hours. And I actually said, um, no joke, I, and I went in there and I said, let's, uh, let's review this and I dispute this. They had an actual person go back and review it and said, no, 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 we come back to the same conclusion. So I'm like, so who, who's doing the hate speech here then? Are you actually affirming that this is bad speech coming from this book or are you just suggesting that because I shared this article that's reporting on this fact that this person actually said this, that's your banning? I mean, this is, Christian, in just the last 30 seconds we have here on this topic, um, this is something where they're skewing, like you just said, they're inverting the term fact to mean opinion. They're doing the bidding of the Democrat Party is what they're doing because who would have thought that in the United States of America you wouldn't need to do it through the legal channels but that massive corporations and big tech companies would do the bidding of these socialist Democrats for them. The only way, as we were talking about earlier, that they can continue to advance these agendas. Their ideas are worse, ours are better. And people will believe our ideas if only they're allowed to hear them. And so they're using these companies who are line up with them ideologically to keep the American people from hearing these better ideas. God forbid we'd be able to stop them in their tracks before they destroy our society and our country. Yeah, you're so right. It's always the truth will win out and we have to still stand up, proclaim the truth. We can be honored by suspensions by Facebook, but we still have to punch back hard. So uh, we'll be right back to punch back more here on Just the Truth. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Continuing the conversation here on Just the Truth about Biden's first 100 days and his address later tonight to Congress with my friends Christian Lasfell from Liberty University Standing for Freedom Center and Ryan Fournier, co-chairman of Turning Point Action. And, you know, gentlemen, as we've been talking, uh, you know, this is so clearly a, a administration that does not care about the issues of Americans by and large. And so when Biden talks about unity, when he's talking about bringing Americans together and he's unwilling to address things like uh, pro-life issues, like big tech uh, censorship of conservatives, like things uh, you know, like uh, defunding the police that are issues that are clearly so incredibly partisan. At least President Trump, while he was very America first policies and, you know, hey, leftists, if you don't like it, too bad. He at least was talking to those reporters. He would entertain conversations. He had big tech uh, people in the White House all the time talking about coming to solutions. I mean, he was truly a president for all Americans. And yet when we look at what Joe Biden is doing, uh, let's have the border conversation because that's an issue that absolutely Absolutely, our Americans, Americans are concerned about. And Joe Biden doesn't care. And clearly, Kamala isn't even willing to go and visit the border when she's the supposed border czar appointed by the administration. So, I mean, Ryan, how can we, he possibly think that this is unifying? When you look at what President Trump did on the border, and I have to commend him, uh, I mean, he locked that thing down. 
And the only way that this administration can fix the problems that we're seeing right now, where thousands of people are entering the country illegally, people who are on the terrorist watch lists have entered this country. Now, they've caught a few, but if they're catching this many, that doesn't. it seems to me there might be a little bit more that they haven't caught. Uh, because it's a very large swath of land when you talk about the U.S. border, which is why we're building a border wall, more ramifications, censors, uh, um, more uh, border patrol officers to be available uh, when this stuff happens. Because you're getting kids sex trafficked into the country, drugs, fentanyl, all of it um, is happening at the border. There used to be a time in America where both sides agreed we need a secure border. We've seen the footage from people like Hillary Clinton saying it, Bill Clinton saying and Nancy Pelosi, all of them at one point or another saying that we support strong border security. And the only reason why, the only reason why they're not forward now is because President Trump was successful on our border, stopping so many illegal immigrants from crossing the country, crossing into our country uh, illegally, forcing people to go through the legal uh, pathways of citizenship uh, to make it not a kick in the face for the people that spent years trying to become a United States citizen. Now we have it where they've started back up the catch and release program, which is if you're an illegal immigrant, you get caught by Border Patrol, they'd fill out some paperwork, and you'd be released on the promise that you would show up on your court date. The problem is the average time between the arrest and the court date is 869 days. Now they've stopped even filling out paperwork because they're so overstretched with what's happening down there right now. They don't have the resources. They don't have the manpower. Now Border Patrol is just catching them, not taking any of their information, and then releasing them. This is what we're seeing. We're seeing large increases of single adult men. I think the number is like up 80% in single adult men coming to the country. So I don't want to hear the story, oh, that these people are trying to protect their families. No, there's, there's a whole lot more going on here. And the media needs to start doing their job and covering this. Go down there take some photos, take some videos. I mean, the vice president hasn't even been there yet. American people deserve to know what's happening. Absolutely. And if you really want to see what's happening, our very own uh, Real America's Voice, Ben Burkwam, uh, is down at the border. He did a special just earlier today on the border. And if you missed that, you can go back to americasvoice.news. You can go through our app and you can watch that. And that's uh, one journalist who is uncovering what's actually going on at the border. It will sicken you. It will show you the truth. And this is where, Christian, we need to be engaged in uncovering facts. And then we can have the policy discussions around that. But the Biden administration doesn't even want to talk about facts. They want to, as you've said, manipulate the conversation. And when we're talking about family, faith, and freedom issues, I mean, when you have things going on like sex trafficking, like, uh, you know, everything that's going on in the border that affects the American family, then we have a real problem here. Okay. And so, uh, so Christian, we're going to get him right back up. So, Ryan, I'll let you take that one. No, I mean, that's great because I think that, you know, what we're dealing with is unprecedented. It's unprecedented. All of the problems that are happening in this country right now were not happening under President Trump. Now, there's certain generational problems that we can talk about, but there's also issues that are avoidable. The crisis at the border is 100% avoidable. All it takes, increase funding, continue the border wall uh, build out like he wanted to do. We heard that news a couple weeks ago that they're considered doing it. And the left voted for him, right? Are border walls racist still? Are, are, are they homophobic? You know, are they anti-LGBTQ? Whatever the case may be, whatever they throw at you. And I, in one of the other previous segments, uh, Christian made a very good point, and he said uh, that they're very good 
at using their words, manipulating people into believing a certain narrative. Assault weapon is another good one. Mm-hmm. Made up term, right? Just because the weapon looks scary, although an AR-15 would not fare well in Iraq. It just would not, <laughs> was not made for that purpose. But this is sort of what we've been dealing with. I, I want him to address the border crisis. I really do. I, I, I've said this before. I always give the benefit of the doubt to somebody, especially when they first take office. I give them the benefit of the doubt. But this guy's proven day in and day out, every single day of the week, that he's, he is, he's not good for this country. He's not the, the far leftist that people thought that they were voting for when the 80 million people in the United States of America voted for the most popular president, right? More votes than Barack Obama. They thought Ridiculous. that this guy was going to be, uh, you know, take $50,000 off student loan debt, raise minimum wage to $50 an hour. I mean, we're talking crazy stuff. He's not that. So I don't think he's going to win re-election. But if he doesn't fix these issues, it's not about re-election. In my mind, it's about America. It's about mm-hmm. saving this country. Absolutely. And that's what President Trump uh, ran in 2016 on, where he was saying, you know, I'm going to leave private sector life and get into politics only to help save America because it's so important. And I think President Trump approached this really well in terms of uh, just specifically talking about the border, where, you know, he was an advocate for the wall, said uh, build the wall, but he was also willing to say to Congress, hey, listen, if you can come up with a solution on uh, DACA, for example, this this really interesting complex complicated question of what do we do with children who are brought here when they're not the ones who actually uh, disobeyed the law. It was their parents who brought them here. What do we do with that? He understood from a constitutional perspective, this has to go through Congress, mm-hmm. any solution. And that's why uh, when the leftists are like, yeah, let Obama legislate with his phone and his pen, that can always be repealed by the next president. And right. so President Trump was willing to sit down at the table. We haven't seen this, Ryan, with uh, President Biden. We haven't no. seen that he's willing to to even approach a dialogue and a compromise. We tried to work with the Democrats. I remember in 2017, we tried on so many different things, health care, uh, you know, gun gun legislation. I mean, but they, they just didn't budge. You know, there used to be a time in America where two parties can walk into the same room, both parties come out disappointed. That's called compromise. And you just don't see that anymore. Uh, you just see the left, they want everything they can get and they don't want to compromise with you. They want this whole new thing with the Green New Deal. Uh, they want all of this stuff happening down at the border. They, they benefit from it because the people coming into this country, they are most likely, and now based on survey data, going to be voting for a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, I mean, but this is, this is what we're dealing with and it's a sad state of affairs. I pray for this country every single day because I don't want my children growing up in a nation um, that is just in this condition. I don't want to grow up or have my kids grow up in a country where the economy and the taxes are skyrocketing. I mean, that's why people are yeah. leaving these cities and then they're still voting the same way. Right. Like, so, why, why come from California and go to Texas and then implement the same, very same policies that you left? And so we're yeah. going to get into solutions in our last segment because I think it's so important to always say, what can we do to preserve and protect liberty? We'll be right back. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. 
Welcome back to Just the Truth and my conversation tonight with Ryan Fournier and Christian Lossfall. I hope you have found uh, really enlightening, very much a deep dive into issues. And I have to say, these are two uh, young men who are friends of mine that I've known for years and whose viewpoints are so substantive and I respect so greatly because they are informed on the issues. They understand what conservatism and uh, protecting our rule of law actually means. And so moving forward, uh, Christian and Ryan, how did each of you get to this place of being interested in politics and what is your message to parents of students or for students to get more involved? And uh, Christian, I'll start with you. Well, my interest in politics comes from my family's background. My parents were both legal refugees from communist Cuba. So everything that I see and that they see happening from the Democrat Party and from the left is almost identical to what they saw coming from the Castro regime in their home country that destroyed that beautiful island. Um, so they raised me understanding these warning signs and knowing how to see past the propaganda that the government may try and sell you and recognizing when what you're hearing may sound nice but in application is actually a miserable disaster. So that's where the interest came from. When it came time to come to school, Liberty University stood alone among all other schools because they were conservative. First and foremost, Christian, which is the most important thing. Jesus Christ and the gospel are at the core of everything that Liberty University does. And then from that faith, it applied to, the, to our culture and to our country will land you on the conservative side of the spectrum. Um, and so it was a no-brainer for me to come to the university here. But for other parents, I would encourage you to send your kids to schools like Liberty University. Donate to the university if your kids are already past college age or to the Standing for Freedom Center. Invest in where the next generation is going to be educated. That's how you win them over. The left has been doing it for decades, and they have the education system largely in the palm of their hands. It's going to be a long haul. It's not going to happen overnight. But it starts with changing where we are shopping, where we're investing, where we're sending our children so that in another 20, 30 years, Lord willing, we're able to win back our country with the values that are being taken away and destroyed right now by the secular left. So well said, Christian. So well said. And, you know, you're right. When we look at uh, critical race theory and Joe Biden, you know, disbanding the 1776 commission and you look at uh, how they're trying to indoctrinate with leftist ideas and agenda in uh, the public schools, we have to get back to training up our children in the way they should go and then sending them to universities and colleges that are teaching truth and are open to the free exchange of ideas. Uh, Ryan, as you were talking about earlier. So uh, what's very quickly your background and then also uh, your message to parents and students who want to get involved. So I started Students for Trump in 2015 after I uh, saw him come down that golden escalator. I think it was really mixed with a lot of skepticism. You know, it's Donald Trump, ran the apprentice, you're fired guy. Uh, but it was, for me, it was kind of like a moment of zen where I was like mixed with skepticism, but realism and optimism because we lost to Barack Obama twice not because those guys had money, it was because they didn't know how to connect with middle America. They knew how to get the doctors and the attorneys, but they didn't know how to get the people that actually really, really mattered and had a very, very uh, resounding voice in this previous 2016 election uh, when they came out from all over the country and voted for President Donald J. Trump. But I started, it was a Twitter account, uh, and we just built a, a very large organic grassroots following. We built a brand behind the Make America Great Again uh, slogan. Uh, and we had so many young people all across the country. Whenever Charlie Kirk or myself, we'd be holding events, you'll have a room with 80 
80% young people in it. They were motivated. We were, had young people out in the, in the previous election, door knocking, uh, tabling, going out, getting the vote in many different ways more than what we've hosted. Don Jr., Kim Goldfoyle, you look at the audience, they're college students, they're high school students, you have middle school and elementary school students uh, in the crowd because they loved President Trump. Uh, I think, you know, for the ones who do understand what President Trump did for this country is that he fought for the future generations. He fought for college students, for, for them to have opportunities when they graduate from school. Uh, and th this is just some of the greatest, I mean, he was the greatest president, I think, in my lifetime. I think for many people watching this as well, you might say Reagan, but I think Trump was amazing because he followed, you know, what he promised he was and said he was going to do. But yeah, I started this movement and, you know, sometimes I'm always wondering how I got here. But I, I love the younger generation. I love the tenacity and the dedication. Um, and like what you said, Christian, stop giving to the endowments of these, of these liberal universities that are indoctrinating students. Stop giving them your money. Put your money somewhere else. Conservatives fight back with their wallets. That's what we did to support my pillow and Mike Lindell. Uh, that's what we do when cancel culture comes for us, is we back each other up. We stand united. That is how we win. And so I think my message to all the young people across this country, uh, if you are listening to this or in the future, is that never give up, never stop fighting, because your future is totally dependent on what you do right now. And Donald Trump made that clearer than ever. Uh, one of the most successful guys in the world, and he took that model and he, and he made it uh, basically a presidential model, where he's going out there and he's doing these exact same things for our country, running it like a business. Uh, so I, you know, I would just say, I think, it has been the honor of my lifetime to do the work that I'm doing right now. Um, and we're going to keep fighting, Jenna. We're going to keep fighting. Absolutely, so. we are. And it's my privilege to you know, stand alongside uh, two wonderful uh, just examples of engaged Christian citizens who are willing to stand up and fight for truth. And I hope that uh, if you're a student watching this or if you have a student at home, encourage them to get involved in the Standing for Freedom Center at Liberty University, involved in Turning Point Action, uh, involved in their uh, civil society around them to stand up for freedom and liberty and to always make sure that our voices are heard because we are a country that is of the people, by the people, for the people. We the people get to select and prefer our leaders. We didn't quite get to election integrity tonight with you guys, but, um, but real quick, um, I know that both of you uh, absolutely would say election integrity is at the forefront of what uh, conservatives need to be involved in. Right, Christian? Absolutely. I think we have to push within our states for the most essential thing is voter ID. We use identification yep. to board an airplane. We use identification to pick up our MLB tickets. We use identification if we go out and purchase alcohol. We use identification for almost every important thing in our lives. We have to verify that we are absolutely. who we say we are. How yeah. much more important then is it to verify who we say we are when it comes Absolutely. to electing our nation's leaders? It's a no-brainer. That's and the we... most important thing, I think. That's it for this episode of Just the Truth. I'm Jenna Ellis, and we are sponsored by the Thomas More Society, which is a not-for-profit national public interest law firm dedicated to restoring respect in law for life, family, and religious liberty. You can find out more about the Thomas More Society and the incredible work that we do there at thomasmoresociety.org. And I will be back tomorrow and every Monday through Friday here on Just the Truth.